What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Finn Sports Football Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Giandoletti. It's good to be back, guys. It's been a while since I've done a podcast. It's been over a month, that's for sure. Um, and before we get started, I hope everyone is doing amazingly. I hope you are having a great holiday season. I hope you are happy. You know, I hope you're enjoying the Dolphins right now. Um, before we get into things, let me kind of explain where I've been, right? Give you guys like an explanation of what's been going on in life. So if you follow me on Twitter, you probably know that um, I got engaged. That was a recent big part of my life that happened. Um, I got engaged over Thanksgiving, been with my girlfriend for about two and a half years. Oh, actually a little over that, almost three years. Uh, So I popped the question. She said yes. So that was a huge, exciting part of my life that happened recently. Um, And obviously, rightfully so, that took up a lot of my life leading up to it because, you know, you got to find the ring, you got to you know, be secretive, you got to hide it, you're kind of stressed about the whole situation, like nervous about it. Um, We went on vacation to a cabin um, with her family uh, for Thanksgiving where I proposed. So, you know, obviously I didn't want to be recording the whole time. I wanted to be present with her, with her family. So that's why I didn't record then. Um, Obviously, you guys know I went to Italy like in October So I was kind of like off and on on the podcast while I was there because, again, wanting to spend time, not be just focused on football the whole entire time. Came back, worked a little um, in my profession, which is dance performance. I did a couple of musicals. And so really just for the last month, month and a half, I've, I've just been like busy and I realized that if I were to make podcasts, it wouldn't be my best material, right? I wouldn't be able to create good quality stuff for you guys and while the priority is always to make sure you guys have material my also my other priority is to make sure that you know i'm giving you guys good quality material not just material but good quality material and i just haven't been able to do that for a little over a month now um but i'm back i'm very excited to be getting back doing what i love with the podcast um, and so, yeah, there, there's a kind of a little explanation of where I've been, what's been going on, how come I haven't made a podcast in a while. But nonetheless, I'm back and I'm going to try to be making at least one or two a week uh, for you guys. So without further ado, let's get into the Miami, the Miami Dolphins. Um, man, guys, like, a, I mean, if you would have asked me six weeks ago, do I believe the Dolphins are going to be six and seven heading into the bye week with a chance to come out one week after and be seven and seven, 500? I would have said you're crazy, right? Because even though we had easy teams on our schedule, we were horrible. I mean, we were playing bad football. We were going to play teams like the Panthers, who at the time I thought were a lot better than they are. We were going to play the Baltimore Ravens, who I thought we were going to get smacked by. Um, I just really thought like based off how we were playing, we might only win like three or four games of the whole entire season. But nonetheless, I was wrong. Very happy I was wrong. And the Dolphins in the last five weeks are, are attempting to pull off something that no team in NFL history has ever done, which is make the playoffs after starting one and seven. Right. So. I think first I want to kind of like talk about reasons why I've noticed that the Dolphins are winning a lot more games and kind of the reasons why we have won five in a row. 
And to start off, I mean, we kind of have to start with the obvious, which is our defense. Um, Our defense, for whatever reason, I don't really know what it is. I've talked with people about it, and we kind of all are, like, confused. Like, for the first eight weeks of the season, our defense just wasn't playing to its strength. And I guess you can maybe... um, uh, assume that it was because maybe Raekwon Davis was injured, uh, so you couldn't stop the run. You didn't have a true nose tackle. It could be because, you know, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones weren't healthy. And on this team, if you can't rely on your cornerbacks with cover zero, then you can't run cover zero, right? But for, you know, for, for maybe all those reasons, like our defense just the first eight weeks just wasn't anything of what it used to be the last couple of uh, or, or at least last year, especially like the last half of last year, like the first eight weeks, we just weren't playing anything close to what I knew we were capable of, right? Especially with the additions we made with Jalen Phillips, Javon Holland. I knew we were getting X back, Raquan Davis in year two, Christian Wilkins in year three. Like I really just had higher hopes for that defense for the first eight weeks, right? Especially against teams like, the Falcons, the Jaguars, even the even the Ra- uh, the Raiders, week three. Like I just really thought that this defense would have started faster, especially since they had way less turnaround than the offense. Um, and I think really, again, we're going to talk about other reasons why we've had more success than 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 we did in the first eight weeks. But I think we have to start with just the defense playing like it did last year, and. I mean, like, uh, to, to, to start off uh, with, with just how they've been playing more like they have last year, I mean, let's just talk about the fact that, like, the rookies, Javon Holland and Jalen Phillips, I mean, I talked about this in length in the offseason. Um, I was like, if Javon Holland and Jalen Phillips can become good players, that, that is all the Dolphins need. We need an edge rusher and we need a true free safety that knows how to play the position because no offense to Bobby McCain, loved him. He wasn't a free safety, right? And what you're seeing is understandably so, the rookies are getting better the more they play, right? And for the first eight weeks, Javon Holland was good, but obviously because he was a rookie, he's not going to be his best. And then Jalen Phillips, I mean, just to be completely honest, They're using him the proper way now. It had nothing to do about him not playing enough because honestly, right now, guys, he's only playing 54% of the snaps. You compare that to an edge rusher of his caliber as a rookie like Chase Young last year. Chase Young was playing 74% of the snaps last year. Jalen Phillips is really only coming in if they have a lead or on passing situations like third down. And he's making the most of them. And while I expect him to have a bigger role in games to come, and especially next year and years to come, that's what you need to do with players. Stop trying to make them your idea of what you think they are and play them how they actually are, right? Jalen Phillips didn't get drafted 18 overall. He wasn't considered by many, including myself, the best defensive player in the draft because of his coverage skills because he could play outside linebacker. He was considered a top five talent, top 10 talent in the draft because I looked at him as an edge rusher and was like, this dude has special talent as an edge rusher. He's balanced in the pass game and the run game. 
The run game he'll definitely have to work on in the NFL. It's not the best, but it's not bad. But, like, they're using him for what he's good at. He's a really good edge rusher. So stop asking him to do all of this other stuff. Just give him a small sample size, a small plate, and if he finishes that, then in years to come, yeah, ask him to do more and to expand his diversity and what he's able to do. But as a rookie, if he's a really good pass rusher, just make him a pass rusher. And that's what you've seen them do. And because he's able to rush the passer, because Raekwon Davis is healthy and they can stop the run way better than they were in the first eight games, because Javon Holland is actually a good safety, like he's a top 10 safety already in the NFL, I would argue top five based off how he's playing, because the secondary actually has a real true free safety, they have a lot less stress on them now to be perfect every single snap, okay? And so for those couple of reasons, like just getting back to the cover zero, everyone's healthy, your rookies are stepping up on defense, the defense has only allowed 11 points per game over this five-game win streak. And I'm sorry, as much as I'm impressed with the offense, and we're going to get into the offense in Tua, as much as Tua has been doing amazingly, like if you only have to score 11 points or 12 points a game to win, you're going to win way more games than you're going to lose. And so I think the number one reason we've been winning a lot of these games is because our defense is just getting back to what they do best, which is pressuring the hell out of the quarterback and stopping the run, allowing your players to do what they do best, cover zero. Javon Holland now is a, is a we actually have a real free safety. And Jalen Phillips is just blossoming into one of the best rookie defensive players in the NFL. Like, it's him and Micah Parsons are the two best right now. So for those couple of reasons, like, yeah, this Dolphins defense is a big reason, probably the main reason, why you've won five in a row. Okay, next let's get into the offensive side of the ball. Okay, there's nothing really to talk about with any other person except we have to start with Tua because... I had my doubts, to be honest with you, the first eight games of the season between Tua's injury, he came back, and he was good, but I was like, we're still losing, so how good, like, while it's not his fault, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, like the first eight games, I was like, well, maybe he isn't, like, the long-term answer. I don't know. But he just, in the last five weeks, has been sensational. I mean, I'm pretty sure for the last four games, he's had at least a 75% completion rating or higher which in the NFL, that's hard to do in scrimmage, let alone in NFL games, okay? He's only gotten sacked 12 times in the last eight games, okay? That right there, I I tweeted this, your jaw should be on the floor for that stat alone because if this offensive line was protecting any other quarterback except Tua, like Jacoby Brissett, they might be bottom five in NFL history, not just this year, NFL history. The only reason that this offense is having success is mainly because of Tua, because he's going out there and every single play, the ball is out in 2.5 seconds or under, okay? And so, like, he's just been sensational. I'm sorry. Like, has it been anything like, damn, that's really impressive, 50-yard pass, 30-yard pass? No, it hasn't. But that's because of the situation he's in. 
given the offensive line he has, given the fact that Will Fuller doesn't want to play for the team anymore, he's out, Devontae Parker's in and out of the lineup constantly, and his only good weapon is a rookie wide receiver still learning the position, like Tua has been nothing short of sensational. And he, again, as good as the defense has been, like he's been a huge part of why we're winning. Because even if the defense is good, your offense has to do something. And this was a big part I talked about within the first like five weeks of the season. Our defense would be good, but when your offense consistently is not able to do anything, your defense is eventually going to crack and break. And we see this with like the Houston Texans, right? Their defense is pretty good. It's respectable, but their offense is just so bad to where like it really doesn't matter. You know, same thing with like the Jacksonville Jaguars, kind of. But like the Dolphins are playing complementary football, right? Their defense is shutting people out and their offense is taking advantage of the opportunities given to them. And that all starts with your quarterback. And regardless of what you want to say about Tua, regardless of what you want to say about his arm strength, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the dude is slicing teams up left and right. Okay, he may not be a three-point shooter, but he's a point guard. And he is distributing the ball like no other. He's had four games now of above 75% completion rating. And to be honest, the only flaw in his game this year was that one or two stupid plays. And he's taken those out the last couple of weeks. Again, it's been like two or three weeks now, I think, without an interception. So like he's playing really smart, really good football. And if you're Brian Flores, right? and your philosophy coming from New England is play smart football, keep it close, don't do anything stupid, you got to think he's really happy with what two is doing. Because not only is he winning them games, but more importantly, he's not losing them games, right? And you see this all the time with quarterbacks. It's like, yeah, they may have wow potential, but a lot of these quarterbacks lose their team's game with stupid turnovers. Tua hasn't done that. Tua has been insanely efficient, I think he's like the most efficient red zone quarterback of the last 30 years. One of the most efficient fourth quarter quarterbacks of the last 30 years. Like he's just been insanely impressive. And another thing with Tua is like, again, you can keep talking about what he isn't, right? He doesn't have an insanely powerful arm. He's not the most athletically gifted as far as like a Lamar Jackson or a Kyler Murray or a Josh Allen. But stop worrying about what he isn't and worry about what he is. Two is insanely accurate. His pocket presence is elite, top five in the NFL. He doesn't make stupid decisions. He has command of the offense, right? And so while there are things that he doesn't have, there's a lot of things that he does have that other quarterbacks don't. Like, I'm sorry, I don't know many quarterbacks in the NFL that come close to his accuracy. He might be the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. I don't know many quarterbacks that have better pocket presence than him. Like, he's top five in pocket presence in the NFL already. And again, when I look behind this offensive line, it's like, I don't even know how you can come to the conclusion he's not throwing enough deep passes, right? Or you can come to the conclusion that there's not enough big plays. Because, like, I'm sorry, uh, you may be watching a different game than I am, but the fact that he's even completing passes, the fact that he's even having success on offense behind this abysmal offensive line is just insanely impressive. And so, again, let's stop worrying in life, whether it's yourself, other people, NFL players, whoever it is. 
Stop worrying about what you or someone else isn't and focus on what you or someone else is, okay? Focus on the positive. Like, yeah, again, to his arm, it's not anything to write home about, but he's insanely accurate and his pocket presence is elite, okay? And he's a, he is insanely smart with the decisions he makes. So like, yeah, he may not have these things, but look at what he does have. It's, a, it's very, very impressive, okay? And then not to mention on offense, not only is Tua having a lot of success, but Jalen Waddle, again, like this rookie class, Chris Greer, like I don't, I, I seriously, I joke around about it, but it's kind of serious. I don't understand how he could have that bad of a draft class in 2020 and have three future pro bowlers in one draft class. I don't get it, but like Jalen Waddle has been sensational. I mean, he's playing like a 10-year NFL veteran. Because we all knew Jalen Waddle's fast, right? We all knew before the season started, Jalen Waddle's fast. He's great at creating separation. What I guess I overlooked in my evaluation of him, even though I had him as my second best wide receiver in the draft, I overlooked just like how good he could be as just a true slot wide receiver, right? Like possession catches. Like most of Jalen Waddle's catches aren't like, catches for 50, like 50 yards. It's not deep routes. It's not like that slant against Carolina that went for 54. A lot of his passes are like quick seven, eight yard, you know, catch, catch the ball in, in traffic and fall down or something like that. Because again, the way this offense is, he can't really, you can't really exploit his deep route concepts because you don't have time to. But what Jalen Waddle, why he's impressed me is he's become like a true slot wide receiver, not just a guy that is very fast. He's become like a reliable target to where, yeah, even if he's not wide open, he'll still make a contested catch. He'll jump up. He'll go get the ball. He'll, he, he can do so many different type of route concepts. And really what he's done, I think, aside from maybe Javon Holland, has been the most impressive of any Dolphins rookie in the last couple of years. Because, again, Jalen Phillips, while he's been really good, he's asked to do one thing. Javon Holland and Jalen Waddle are like, I mean, Jalen Waddle's asked to basically run the offense. It's like Tua has to rely mainly on a rookie to help this offense go. And to ask a rookie that is insanely hard. And again, Jalen Waddle, he broke the Dolphins rookie wide receiving record. Jalen Phillips broke the Dolphins rookie sack record. And Jalen Waddle is on pace and he's going to break the all-time rookie receiving record as far as how many catches he has. I think the record is 101 by Anquan Bolden. He's on pace to have like 111, over 1,000 yards receiving. And that's just, it's insanely impressive. Again, with context, considering how bad this team is on the offensive line. Okay. And so those three reasons right there, the rookie stepping up, the defense is finally playing to its strengths and Tua has just blossomed into one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL. For those three reasons, you're seeing the Dolphins have success. And while we haven't played the hardest teams, I, I understand that, right? The five teams we've played aside from the Ravens, they haven't been anything to write home about. Winning five games in the NFL is really hard, okay? And not to mention, I'm sorry, the Dolphins were one in seven. So it's not like the Dolphins were this playoff caliber team and they're beating easy teams. We weren't a good team and we've won five games in a row. 
That's really hard to do no matter what type of team you are. There's a reason why the Dolphins are one of three teams with five-plus game winning streak in the NFL. Doesn't matter how good of a team you are, winning consecutive games and winning consistently in the NFL is extremely hard to do. And the Dolphins are doing it, in large part to those three reasons I gave you. So now we have to look forward, right? We have to look ahead. Dolphins have a bye week. Thank God, I think it came at the perfect time. You had a great win streak. Now you can get rested, work on the flaws that you have had because they have had flaws offensive and defensively in their five-game win streak. Work on those flaws, hopefully get everyone back to 100% health, and then you have five or four very important games, right? You have the Jets, which again, I'm sorry, but one thing I've learned this year is how to be humble as a fan. Okay, yeah, we may play the Jets and they're not the best team. You got to win it. And I don't want to hear excuses like, yeah, we're going to pummel the Jets. It's not going to be close. Dolphins have to go out there and we out take this game seriously. We can't lose another game. Not only can we not lose another game, but we have to hope that other teams lose games and that we keep winning. Right? So I'm going to stay humble. Like the Dolphins have to go out, take care of business against the Jets. We're probably going to be playing Zach Wilson, who's a rookie. I like the chances of Brian Flores and this defense against a rookie quarterback, but still use this bye week to prepare, take every game one at a time, do what you need to do to win those games, right? So we have a bye week, hopefully we get healthy. And then, you know, after the Jets, we have three really hard games. Like I know the Saints haven't been good this year. I still like their defense is not to be messed with. And they still have Sean Payton, who's one of the best offensive minds of our time, as their head coach. And we're playing in New Orleans. So that's going to be a hard game. The Tennessee Titans are kind of a toss-up. They've lost to some really bad teams this year, like the Texans and the Jets. But they've also pulled off some very impressive wins. It's also going to be really interesting, the human aspect of that game. Ryan Tannehill going against his ex-team. So that's going to be a huge game that we have to win. And then capping off the season with, you know, a big-time New England game. And the New England Patriots, whether you like it or not, they're winning. And they have a recipe for success. Mac Jones, to me, I'm sorry he hasn't been that impressive. But at the end of the day, he's winning. And that's more than a lot of teams can say. And the New England Patriots are, are good. They just beat the Bills, which is something we can't do. So, you know, we got our, our work cut out for us these next four five weeks. Right, We got a bye week, let's get healthy, and then again, we got to come out, we got to start winning these games. And not just winning these games, but like we need to show like promise that like we're not just sliding by, like we're competing and we look like a legit team. Because I don't know about you guys, it's not about getting to the playoffs for me. Right, Even if we get to the playoffs and that would be insanely impressive, like I'm trying to compete. Right, and I don't just want to go to the playoffs and get blown out week one. And I don't think that would happen. Like I think the Dolphins are a good enough team to where if they were in the playoffs, they could win a game. The issue is you started off so slow the first eight weeks. Can you get there? Right. And that's going to be a huge test. Um, you know, this defense, again, they're going to have to take it into a different gear, especially against the Titans and the Patriots. Like They're not the Houston Texans and the Jets and the Giants, right? You're going to go against like three really good teams at the end of the year and a division uh, opponent with the Jets. 
So this defense is going to have to really rely on just like playing smart, sound football. And then on offense, again, like not to ask a lot of Tua, but he's going to have to really go out there and play flawless, right? Because this offensive line is horrible. It's putrid. And I don't know health-wise about the receivers. I would assume that Devontae Parker will play the rest of the year, every game. Will Fuller, I'm just letting y'all know, probably won't play another game for the Dolphins. He doesn't want to play football. Has nothing to do with the injury, right? You could get your hand cut off and come back faster than he's been out with his finger injury. He just doesn't want to play football anymore. I think he expected Deshaun Watson to come here, um, and that was going to kind of motivate him to play. But I think just between being injured, kind of like Andrew Luck, like he just doesn't want to play anymore. Like he just gets injured all the time. And, you know, for whatever reason, I guess he just doesn't want to play on the team. I don't expect to see him anymore this season. Uh, but like offensively, again, let, let's, let's keep that run game going. Um, Tua just needs to continue to be efficient. And I think in this offseason or in this bye week, he and the offensive coordinators are really going to look at ways to take what they're doing and take it to another level because teams will obviously start to figure out what they're doing and what they're good at. So, you know, again, we've had a great five-week stretch. Bye week came at a perfect time. We can rest and heal up. But when we come back, I mean, it's it, we got to hit the ground running, right? We got to take care of business. Let's not mess around with the Jets. Let's take care of them. When we go against the Saints, the Saints have not been good this year at all. Let's take care of them. When we go against the Titans, let's take care of them. Let's not let the game get close, right? They're without Derrick Henry. They're going to be without A.J. Brown. Let's take care of business against Ryan Tannehill, the old quarterback. And then against the Patriots, who have struggled in Miami, like, again, that's going to – I feel like personally the Dolphins will win every game up until the Patriots game. And that game is 100% going to decide if we make the playoffs or not. So work is cut out for us. And again, if we continue to have success in those three areas, Tua, the defense, and the rookies stepping up, I feel good about our chances to, to be very competitive and to win these upcoming four games. But it certainly won't be easy, right? And, you know, we're going to see how it goes, but I'm excited I'm really excited about Dolphins football again. Probably the most excited I've been since this time last year. But we got to finish, right? No excuses. They got to go out there. They have to play good football, and they know that. So that's going to be it for today, guys. Uh, hope you guys, ha- again, hope you guys have been safe. I'm super happy to be back doing the podcast. Um, hope you guys are staying safe. Hope you guys are happy. Hope it's been a great holiday season so far. And I'll see you guys this time next week to talk about the upcoming Jets matchup. Stay safe. Fins up. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins.